everybody. Welcome to Read, Watch, Play. I'm Justin. I'm Cleo. I'm James. And I'm Corinne. And on this episode, we're going to be discussing our topic, uh, Women of the Apocalypse, in which we cover... Tank Girl by Hewlett and Martin. Mad Max Fury Road, directed by George Miller. And Horizon Zero Dawn by Guerrilla Games. This ended up being an interesting topic. I think we picked three... I genuinely think that we picked three really cool things that I, I'm going to say only one of which really fit with the topic particularly well. Because, uh, I mean, Tank Girl is not post-apocalyptic in any like meaningful way. Like yeah. It just kind of points towards it, it early It kind of on briefly feels like it and then just kind of does away with and, it. And it's just not what it's about. Yeah. Like, it, it is casually, but that's not like at the core of it. And... I would say Horizon Zero Dawn, like as we talked about in the Horizon episode, is kind of post post apocalyptic and is not very considered with it. It is not very concerned with its own apocalypse. It's concerned with the the culture that came out after it that happens to be set. Well in the far future. Interestingly, I think there could you could make a a point that Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, is also about the apocalypse in that a lot of the really interesting story stuff is set as the apocalypse is happening. That's true. Uh, before we get too far into that, just a reminder, uh, as with all of our topic episodes, this is full spoilers. Uh, so if you're not down with that, tune out now. But yes, I completely agree. I'm going to go right from the spoiler warning into a heavy spoiler. The fact that, yeah, that, that, that game's second wind and what feels like in a lot of ways the thing that's going to carry a lot of it through is very much set during, like, as everything goes to shit. Like, even arguably, like, we, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, it's like, yeah, Aloy, the woman of the apocalypse, but really, it's Elizabeth. Elizabeth, yeah. yeah. Like, woman of the apocalypse. Yeah. Surprise. And Aloy is daughter of woman of the apocalypse. Slash clone? clone. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot going on. Yeah. As we've said, a lot to unpack with the family slash tree. love child. <laughs> love child of the apocalypse. Let's go with that. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> That's going to be the subtitle for the second game. Uh, but Love uh, Child Zero Dawn. Heard it here first. Um, but yeah, so so I, I that's a good point. I, I hadn't really thought about it that way. But because to me it seemed so much, and maybe it's because like just average time spent in game dealing with that versus dealing with just like, man, someone fucked some shit up here. Let's go like kill those motherfuckers yeah it was so much like more heavily skewed towards just like the modern politics um modern which is to say far future um as opposed to the apocalyptic stuff yeah so maybe it was more just kind of a, a trick of my perception just with the time that i spent with each of those but that's that's true once once that game does get its second wind it's really very much about the apocalypse so that's cool so we got that going on yeah uh and we got mad max fury road which is which feels firmly of the apocalypse. Yeah. I feel like the first thing I want to talk about, because it feels like the less important thing here. So I'd kind of like to just sort of go around and sort of get it out of the way is, do we think that the, the tone of an apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic story is shifting? Because we can sit here and say that like Mad Max Fury Road is like very much in the apocalypse. But I always kind of wonder if that comes from the fact that there's a certain just like, I don't know, I, I frequently think that there's too much post-apocalyptic uh, storytelling in in genre of fiction. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I, I don't think that it's inherently as interesting as I think a lot of people find it, and maybe that's just for me. But it's it's not the kind of thing where, because like, I know people who will be like, oh man, this is a great story, it's post-apocalyptic, period. Like just end of sentence, that's the thing that makes it cool. Um, and I guess I just don't have that gut reaction. But... I think because of that and because a lot of the people who are writing that level of apocalyptic story are kind of influenced by a lot of the same places, it feels like we sort of have these cultural concepts of what an apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic story should look or feel like. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like kind of the idea of a wasteland is often very central to that, um, that you have this, you know, something like out of the Mad Max films where you've got this sort of ever-evolving wasteland, which I think is one of the really interesting things about those, that sort of, as we talked about in that episode, the kind of all-over-the-place chronology, but you're seeing things get worse. You know, the world in Mad Max versus the world in Mad Max Fury Road. Like, there's been a distinct 
downturn in like just the quality of life. I, I see, I see where you're going. I think, I think a lot of it is post like apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic things seem to constantly ask the question of what will a human do to survive or to chase that feeling of hope mm-hmm. that seems there there seems to be yes there's a common tone there are common themes but more than that there are common like questions that mm-hmm. apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic media explores and i i think that i think what made uh horizon zero dawn so refreshing was that it's not asking those questions yeah. sure it's post post-apocalyptic and not and not apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic but maybe it's time to start exploring those stories more maybe it's time to stop seeing like how do things fall and how do people like sacrifice their their morals and and their humanity to get through it all but how does how does humanity come back together again and rebuild yeah which i you're exactly right that that's that's very much what i what i was trying to get i think you said it better than i was going to so dodged a bullet on that one um but yeah, I that's that really is the big thing for me. And the big question that I kind of had coming out of that, and very much, I think, again, as you put really well, that idea that maybe the more unifying factor for post-apocalyptic storytelling it are those questions of, of hope and of survival, etc. And the thing that I'm really curious about is, so then for something like the kind of present timeline in Horizon Zero Dawn, or let's, let's call it Aloy's timeline— since that isn't really asking those questions, the thing that I'm really curious about is at what point does that really start feeling like another genre? Like, it, is there a point where that shift in idea becomes a loss of the thing that maybe made that what we think of currently as the post-apocalyptic genre one thing? Or is that a consistency and just kind of the tone or the ideas that we're trying to talk about change? Um, say, in comparison to something like, say, zombie fiction, right? Or zombie films, even where you've got Dawn of the Dead and you've got kind of that sort of introduction of this idea of like zombies as consumers kind of a thing and dealing with different ideas within that and how for a while a lot of other zombie films seemed like they were just sort of trying to rehash that idea whereas prior to that uh, zombies were very much more of kind of the symbol of sort of fear of the occult sort of fear of a lot of I mean there were all sorts of like kind of racial shades to this history of zombie fiction is actually a really cool thing that I, I won't get too far into here but and then you kind of start getting like 28 days later and you start getting stuff like The Walking Dead and that tone of sort of what zombie fiction is starts changing as you get these sort of definitive works that shift it. And it's kind of an interesting thing because on one hand, it seems absurd to say that that's a change in genre. Uh, it's still like zombie horror, but it makes me wonder at what point like that shift in ideas makes it feel like significantly different, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would never really comp- try to compare like the Walking Dead and Night of the Living Dead, right? Or Walking Dead and even Dawn of the Dead, like they, yeah. And and so, at at what point has the maybe the genre hasn't changed in a sense that it's a different genre, but the genre has evolved, right? And I feel like we might be getting there with with how people want to tell stories about the apocalypse. It honestly, it kind of feels to me like people are starting to get a little tired of focusing on the grim and the dark of an apocalypse in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've, we've got enough things that are still like actively going right now. Like the walking dead is still going right now. And God, I just set myself up to list a whole bunch of apocalypse media off the top of my head. And I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, but like there, there's a lot of apocalypse stuff in popular culture right now currently yeah and even if there's not it god it feels like there is yes yeah yeah, we feel i mean we we've sort of just come off of a major zombie saturation and it feels like walking dead is probably the last like the last i there's there's nothing you can say that won't that isn't a trap yeah (laughs) the last artifact of of the the big like zombie glut that we had for the past i don't know seven years yeah long time yeah, it, it's it's been a while, and like a very specific brand of zombie yeah. zombie fiction. Um, but you know, we've also got a lot of we've also got a lot of like grim, gritty shows like Game of Thrones. That's like you know, this is fantasy, but uh, also everybody is terrible, and we're going to explore that in horrifying detail. Mm-hmm. 
and I, I don't know, it, it just feels like there, we're starting maybe very slowly, but we're starting to hit a shift in in what people want out of their stories because we've had grim and gritty mm-hmm. for a while, for a while. Everybody's wanted things grim and realistic and dark as though like, as though sad endings and like bad things happening are somehow more realistic than nice things happening. But you've got, you've got certain new things coming around like Wonder Woman who Patty Jenkins very specifically was like, yeah, I wanted this to be about love and hope and like, you know, screw you for calling it cheesy. Like, why is, why is earnestness something that we shy away from? And you've got like, you know, Steven Universe, for example, uh, is a cartoon that is hugely uplifting and earnest and heartfelt. And now we've got Horizon Zero Dawn with this positive like extremely positive outlook about the apocalypse you know it's like yeah it happened it was really bad a lot of people did like had to do some really terrible but also amazing things in order to ensure the survival of humanity but look humanity is here and it's still going strong and like you you did it like everything that you did during the apocalypse paid off mm. all those sacrifices you made you you did it and here is your legacy so is the genre involved evolving yeah probably but it feels like it's probably in response to what appears to be the beginnings of a trend towards happier things and sort of an exa- a general exhaustion with everything being grim and dark and and just bad I think that'd be great. I, it certainly seems like there's like a, I, as I think as we saw in Horizon, it seems like there's just sort of a, a lot of new areas to explore with that. I'm trying to think of other things that did something similar that kind of got into that sort of post post apocalypse where it's the, the apocalypse almost feels incidental. One thing that's a little bit hard is there are not all it, the ones that do come to mind. That's a spoiler. Like that's the big thing. And it, these are not like kind of big popular things. It'd be like, Oh, this obscure like Japanese RPG from the, early 2000s that i really enjoyed as a middle schooler so part of me is you know it so it's things are a little bit tricky with that but it i would really like to see something i feel like it's always just cool when you see those shifts in a genre you know as kind of seeing the way that be it public opinion or even just sort of new ideas or even just say one person has a really cool new idea and everyone sort of pulls on to that like as much as we can sort of poke fun at walking dead for kind of the shambling corpse of an idea that it has become uh the reason why it became so popular was because kirkman's original idea for the comics when he started them did feel very fresh and new that kind of storytelling was not really the way that you saw zombie fiction going and then you start getting a lot of people kind of jumping onto that and sort of trying to emulate that sort of style and so yeah I'm, i'm really hopeful that we do start kind of seeing that it would be really neat i think to see that shift in a post apocalyptic genre uh, especially with what you were saying towards kind of a more hopeful thing, especially because, I mean, it's one of the things that I always think is interesting, right? Is historically speaking, people, when disasters happen, people actually tend not to just like fall back on like survival of the strongest and like, ah, like law and order has gone down. I'm king now because I worked out more than you. I mean, fall back on is such a weird word to use for that too, because like, Humanity survived and flourished because we're a social, like, yeah. organiz- like, soci- like not maybe not society, but like, as a species, we're 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 social animals, and we work really well when we're in these social groups. I, there's there's really not a point in human history where it's been like, you know, every every person for themselves. Yeah, I guess I was thinking more just kind of the sort of that base instinct to take because you can yeah you know yeah and like it that you see even when society is arguably working like, like say feudal times as you know silly as the thing is that is to say but you know that, that kind of idea of there is a king and the king can set themselves up as like you know anointed by god whatever and just yeah. be like ah because i have the sword like i i'm in charge of your town now see my knights yeah and but yeah but no I, but you're exactly right though is that it it feels like it does feel in like an important way incorrect to make this assumption that things will that things will fall to that point as as you get to a very base level and it does become that just like every person for themselves that that instinct is to form groups not to like go to war 
or to just like take, you know? Mm -hmm. I hope that another element that we see out of potentially this sort of like new post post apocalyptic thing that might may or may not be evolving is the the legacy of the past mm. element where one of the things that might make this into a genre is is this idea that there's some sort of disconnect between what happened before the thing the bad thing and where you are now and finding out that like what went on in that that period before and leading up to what we know now and and finding what the people did to get us through it i i actually i hope that remains a an element of this potential new genre because that was really cool stuff and yeah. added a lot of poignancy i would say to the to the narrative i agree yeah there's this there's this tendency for like the movies that are sort of right in between being like apocalyptic and solely about the apocalypse and not quite being firmly post-apocalyptic. But the things that kind of fall in the middle there are very often about like, why did, you know, normal people who don't know what's going on, like, why did the apocalypse happen? Why did, you know, what started the zombie outbreak? You know, why did this virus break out and, you know, obliterate humanity? Like, And it's like about finding out why. And, even those are like less interesting than the idea of doing that same thing, but with that huge gap of time in there, right? With that, with that like literal disconnect between the two different, two wholly different societies at this point. Once you reach post post apocalyptic, humans or whoever have built up this will always have built up a different society from what, what kind of came before. And looking at it from that perspective is so much more interesting than like investigating why the apocalypse happened like 10 years later. Yeah. So one of the things that's appealing to me personally about any kind of apocalyptic genre, whether that's like during the apocalypse or post-apocalyptic, uh, post-apocalyptic is that there is a weird escapism that because usually you think about escapism and you think, okay, I want to consume some kind of media that is happy or like completely fantastic and like very much remo removed from our reality and our troubles but with apocalyptic fiction or media you are forced to think about because you always end up thinking about your own life right like what would i do in the like blank apocalyptic situation like ai apocalypse um zombie apocalypse disease outbreak like you know what have you and it simplifies things because as things are now for at least like, you know, the four of us and most of the people we probably interact with, life is typically fairly complicated. And when you try to insert yourself into an apocalyptic scenario, things become very simple. Like you're just trying to survive. Like you have this one goal of like you keep yourself alive and you keep like the people in your group alive and like my mom and i are very big fans of the genre because of that like particular that specific reason like we've we've concluded that there's something weirdly appealing about stripping away everything from your life and even if like the environment and everything is horrible there's something weirdly satisfying about fantasizing about your life in those circumstances given like of course like obviously no one would choose yes please like destroy the entire world so i can just only focus on my survival and my life will become suddenly simplified but what's interesting specifically thinking about women of the apocalypse is that realistically there would be a fear and this is explored in Mad Max, but with an apocalypse, like society and civilization will be set back. And what does the treatment of women look like in a future where like something horrible has happened and people are not behaving at their best or whatever? Or, you know, given the, it seems to be assumed in a lot of these stories that like people generally do become the worst version of themselves given like i don't know 
Like, I don't feel like that would necessarily be true, but that seems to be an almost mandatory trope. You see that explored in Mad Max Fury Road, where women are treated like possessions. Yet that's one of the more hopeful titles, like apocalyptic titles, I can think of. And it certainly ends up being incredibly empowering. Um, Tank Girl, I feel like, just doesn't really touch on what it means to be a woman in the apocalypse at all, or what it means to be in the apocalypse period. Um, It's kind of its own weird little thing that I don't think we would have necessarily chosen had we known how little apocalyptic action would actually be taking place. And then you have Horizon Zero Dawn, where, I mean, the Nora are, you know, they're completely matriarchal, and then our main character is Aloy, who... You know, she's completely independent. She doesn't, like, ask for help with anything, pretty much. And she's very, I mean, she's young and adventurous and very kind of rebellious in a way. And I I like that this is the title that, within the titles that we are looking at, is placed the farthest in the future. And is also, in a way, the most, I don't know, like, I want to say it's the most hopeful in a way broad picture wise because you're seeing the world being rebuilt into something that's actually livable as opposed to where Mad Max is like hopeful for this small group of characters the world still looks pretty fucked so I don't know I'm just interested in like what it means to be specifically a woman in these like horrific or recovering from the horrific scenarios yeah, I think that's doubly interesting because as as you pointed out, Cleo, it like obviously is going to be very different depending on like the story itself. There's not kind of like a this a, there's not as much as there are tropes. There's not necessarily one one roadmap that that everything follows. So it's going to vary a lot. One thing that it makes me think a lot about, uh, particularly in regards to questions of it, this one doesn't necessarily count, but in scenarios that really investigate. Uh, I, I was thinking of it when you brought up Tank Girl and Tank Girl not really dealing a lot with the apocalypse and etc um makes me think a lot about why the last man just because it again like i think that that brings up a lot of questions about the apocalyptic nature of that scenario uh the the basis for why the last man is there is a disease and just it kills all the men uh except for the protagonist uh yorick and his monkey and that's that is the story just the human race will not be able to continue because just ladies it ends up being an interesting thing and i think that that does a lot of investigation into that sense of i don't know i i guess what i'm getting is it i feel like that of all things brings a really interesting color to that question of well what what would happen in that scenario when it takes away the kind of the mad max angle right where that assumption of people sort of revert to the worst versions of themselves and in something like Mad Max, you've got like Emote and Joe, who then just is literally, again, Cleo, as you were saying, it's like women as objects. But at the same time, kind of you've got a world in which Furiosa can sort of rise through the ranks. So you're seeing just sort of a, a complicated society as it is with like some very like obvious, awful low points. I think one of the things that makes something like Why the Last Man particularly interesting is it does sort of pull away that for lack of a better word, what feels like that easy path to follow of like, as people revert to those worst versions of themselves, that you do have this group of men that gets very, like, say, puritanical about this and like, very, like, I don't just, it's, I don't know, just call it what it is. It's just very misogynistic about it. And like the sense of like, no, men are people, women are objects, whatever, and investigates that in a really interesting way. It would have been a very difficult thing to do as our read. It's a long series, but uh, especially in, in the context of, what you were saying, Cleo, about kind of Tank Girl not necessarily getting into it. And it's the kind of thing where I, I'm trying to go back and think about the way that that would have treated something like this and sort of what that would bring in. Because it feels like that would bring a very, like an interesting, different angle to the whole conversation. Did we get anything from Tank Girl at all in terms of, you know, our our topic of choice and the content? Well, specifically in the context of women of the apocalypse i think that the big thing that you would get there is you've got so then say we'll strip it down to just the the issues that seem to deal with an an apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic uh time frame in those we've got some kind of powerful military presence that tank girl is at least to some degree rebelling against uh i think that you see which is 
very much in line with what we're seeing in Mad Max, uh, where we've got. I mean, actually, okay, let's pull those. Let's pull those comparisons even further. We've got a strong female character who goes and steals a large armored vehicle from a strong military presence, and just sort of goes off and does whatever the fuck she wants with that. So we've got that analog there. We have a heavy emphasis on music uh, across both of those. We have a motley crew that forms around that that female character who kind of becomes the leader of the group. No kangaroos <laughs> in Mad Max, though set in Australia. I guess the apocalypse killed all the kangaroos. And I suppose so, world. yeah. Yeah, one thing that I do kind of like about mad max is it doesn't take the like oh and there's like crazy mutated animals around like there's there's some yeah. stuff that you see in the background but it's not like that's not what it's all about we see one lizard yes exactly we've got that like two-headed lizard that probably used to be a kangaroo <laughs> <laughs> so i would say the big things that it seems to come to is i would say certainly and i to me this strikes me as one of the things that really sort of does make mad max fury road particularly interesting is that it does kind of give both ends of that that this post-apocalyptic society you have both ends of this spectrum, kind of bizarrely enough. You have literally the, like, Emote and Joe's brides who are literally objects in his eyes and that they are specifically rebelling against that notion, even, like, going so far as to use that language. But then you also have Furiosa who has, like, risen through the ranks of the Imperators and no one seems to give a shit that she's a woman. Like, they're all just like, yep, Furiosa. She's fucking rad. And... That's just sort of the extent of that. You also have kind of like the war boys who are explicitly male. You don't see a lot of other kind of women throughout the ranks of that. So it suggests that she is somehow unique in that society, but at the same time, not so bizarre that someone calls attention to it, which I feel like kind of opens up a lot of questions. But if we if we look specifically at that part, I guess that would be the other thing that Tank Girl brings as far as similarities here is that this kind of post-apocalyptic world does kind of, I don't know, I guess that that is something that's coming out of it. It's a, it gives at least this very specific, mm. this very specific kind of character, the freedom to break off and steal an armored vehicle. I feel like it's the closest I can come. Like I, I feel like I'm even stretching pretty far to draw like the connections for tank girl here, but I feel like that's what I'm getting at. Or at least that's what I'm getting. I think for me, what it comes down to with tank girl is that like tank girl could be, could be very, very explicitly set in a Mad Max style post-apocalyptic world. And it wouldn't be any different. I don't like, it doesn't really change, change the argument in any way, but I guess it's just that like, it's so not what tank girl ends up being actually about. I feel like that would be the thing is, it, I guess to me, it would depend on what you mean by it being explicitly set somewhere. Cause as far as I'm just like tank girl is not explicitly set anyway. Though the, I mean, that's, they could, make an effort in like an early issue or something to like firmly set it in a Mad Max style post-apocalyptic world yeah. without anything else being different. And, and it wouldn't like, ultimately it could still have played out the exact same way. Yeah. Except that I guess London wouldn't have suffered from the apocalypse yeah. or something. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Ray? I think that what Tank Girl in context of Mad Max Fury Road sort of tells us about the idea of women of the apocalypse is that women can succeed in these male dominated power structures if they are the the most hardcore i guess bald and willing to steal armored vehicles yeah i i mean like if they're you know and it's it's kind of the the same old story like if if a, a woman is going to succeed in a male dominated field in this case ruling the remains of a broken world then <laughs> be more like a male traditionally male dominated yeah then uh then she's gotta be tougher and harder and like just more badass than the next dude in order to 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 survive and to excel in that in a world where badassery is the only currency yeah honestly the, like the flame bassist is king <laughs> i mean you know, it's called the Do Fourier, but sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I. But yeah, no, I mean that makes sense. I mean, it, you know, interestingly enough, to be a woman in that so very specific sort of apocalypse, it's like it's kind of like being a woman in any male-dominated field. You have to you have to work extra hard to prove yourself. So, what about? So we've been talking a lot about Tank Girl and 
Mad Max, I think largely because those are the ones that, that feel like the, the parallels are most apparent. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we can point to really any parallels for Tank Girl and, and Horizon. Yeah. Not but, without really trying to stretch it. Well, I was even going to say, um, like, to just sort of pull Horizon into, into Corinne's argument. Something like Horizon, you've got this progression to a point where you suddenly have, like, an explicitly female-dominated field where you've got the matriarchal Nora society, and then you've got a arguably more traditional kind of sort of male-dominated Sun King-based society, as everyone has, uh, in Meridian. One thing that I thought was really interesting about that is that that part of their politics does not, to my memory, ever really clash at any point in that game. Like, the people in Meridian, the Karja, are kind of dealing with their past, but it seems like there are, like... There, there are moments where there are culture clashes there, and specifically even to do with kind of the matriarchal structure of the Nora society. But it's something that largely that story, I think, does a really good job of just kind of taking for granted. It, it doesn't get, it doesn't like explicitly talk about it a lot. It just, it presents it to you as, yes, welcome to our world. Like, get on board. I, I think... I think what's interesting is that um, the culture clashes between the different tribes don't, for the for the most part, from what I can remember, weren't gendered. Um, the The main complaint leveled against the the Nora that I that I remember seeing was how was their like isolationist tendencies. I think there are a couple instances where it is kind of gendered, but it's they're not the strong ones. It's why I would ha- it's why I hesitated yeah. before saying it wasn't happening. But it's it is much more political in like the sense of ideas and the isolationism. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I feel like the instances where it is it are like individuals who have built up these ideas versus them feeling like societal ideas, which you can kind of point to being today. Yeah, but like that's very much how Horizon treats like both both race and sort of sort of sex it's just that like in in the in this like what has effectively become a kind of microcosm of of society and all of these people have kind of all grown up at one time together without the millennia of like racial divides that existed in like the old world those things are not what people ended up basing their prejudices on yeah as a new society comes up though uh Another one where it, the game does suggest that those things were perhaps more, more of a thing under the previous Sun King, um, particularly as you go again the hunting for the lodge side. Wow, that hunting side quest really does get you a lot of, Karja history, doesn't it? You get uh, more of the the stuff with the pits. I think for the quest, right? Is that what you were about to? Well, I was getting more to um, a big part of that side quest ends up being dealing with the fact that the lodge did not used to allow uh, non Karja men it was it was strictly a karja men only in the thing and it you have these members of the lodge who are very much stuck in those old ideas and so you get these glimpses of what greater karja society was like and you kind of get this idea that the more inclusive not just even interior to the karja society but even exterior to other groups um is something that is relatively new at least to that society and again that the nora were very isolationist and just kind of like a Everyone outside, no good. Karja come, kill our people, everyone bad. And so I, I would say that would be the one thing. is It does sort of suggest that some of this inner interaction between between the major power groups in in the world is relatively new. But that you're, you're still mainly seeing the traces of that in individuals, exactly. Where you've got a one-off person who's just like, oh yeah, you crazy Nora with your lady leaders. And everyone else is just like, oh, sorry for grandpa. And which I think is interesting. But yeah, it doesn't it certainly doesn't front load it. I will say I, I really liked Avad as a as a character. Yeah. In my head I called him good guy Avad because he kind that's kind of just what he was. And I, I remember a particular moment when when you first uh, resolve what happened to um Aaron's sister mm-hmm. yeah. uh and you get the whole thing about like uh, how Ursa and Avad had like kind of had a thing, but never been able to do anything about it. And uh, Avad sort of like comes on to Aloy. Yeah, and it, it comes from a a place of grief and like his you know his his typical like 
you know, n- not just personal grief, but like his power structure that he's used to to having, you know, within his rulership, being upset by Ursa not being there. And like, it's this very weird thing. And Aloy's like, um, no, this is not coming from the right place. Also, no. And like, there's a point later on in the game where, where she comes back to him and out of nowhere, he's just like, hey, uh, I really want to apologize for that thing that I did last time. It really wasn't appropriate. And I've like, you know, I just want to make sure there's like no hard feelings. I thought that was a really great moment. Yeah. Um, that I don't know. I, I don't see much of in media i guess especially not from kings in video games i i suppose yeah yeah um, i completely agree it was it was a really cool moment where avad's like yeah i'm i'm a king and i'm not supposed to apologize but also like i'm i'm a human and i i should apologize for yeah, kind of putting you out. in a in a bad situation yeah i don't know that was that was a really nice moment and i think i think in indicative largely of how horizon zero dawn handles gender mm-hmm. which is it acknowledges it when it has to and handles it largely pretty well yeah but otherwise makes it a non-issue which was really nice so one of the things that i was curious about your thoughts on specifically in reference to your previous point about kind of just it in in tank girl and mad max we have this sense that it's like well you know it's like yes like the way for like a woman to sort of succeed in that area is to fulfill what is kind of a traditionally male dominated role or a male gendered role and sort of fulfilling that that space in the world that that thing that the world is expecting i was curious about your read on something like horizon where it seems like horizon especially within the nora i think does a really interesting thing where it takes something that in our real world history kind of the hunter role had sort of typically and stereotypically when you get sort of back far enough anthropologically uh ben kind of considered the male role and gives it to aloy and so on one hand in the context of our human history it feels a little bit like another instance of that where it's kind of a woman being asked to step into what we have historically thought of as a male role but within the context of the game it sets that up as kind of the opposite as very much a traditionally female dominated role or at least if not female dominated, then spread pretty evenly, which I thought was like an interesting thing to do because it, I don't think it's quite a cake of, uh, not God, quite a case of having its cake and eating it as well. But wow, what a sentence that became. But it was one that I've like thought a lot about and I thought it was really interesting. And I, I will be the first to say, I don't think I have a read on it just, and which is not to say that anyone else kind of has to, but it's something that I thought was really interesting where it, it seems like it really works to say it's like, look, we appreciate that in the real world there is this history for this role, but within the context of our world, this is just not a thing. And it's more that like we want to give Aloy the role that lets her explore this world, but it's not a like you will be the first woman seeker. It is, yep, we don't do this a lot, but here you go and go out into the world. I think that the the hunter role, the the Nora brave position is a specifically non-gendered one. Hmm. It just, the whole ritual has a, has a heavy emphasis on honoring your mother, which are just sort of separate from each other. Hmm. I think it was interesting how they still managed to have Aloy working to be, you know, the toughest and the most badass, but not because she was trying to be the first girl, whatever, because she was an outcast. Hmm. And the only way that she was going to, you know, get into the tribe and have her question answered was if she could be the best mm-hmm. and the most badass out of out of everybody. So interestingly, we still get that same story of woman has to be best to achieve goals. Only in this case, it's not, well, woman has to be best to get basic respect but in in this case they don't flip the script by doing that they flip the script by not making that the default like male role in the first place yeah yeah but yeah horizon zero dawns is because she's an outcast not because she's a woman yeah which is interesting and humorous now that i think about it yeah like that's that's the thing that like i it feels like that's like the weird thing for me with all of the game is on one hand it feels like these things that we've seen over and over the game gives it a different context and it's that differentiation between taking it 
with like the actual cultural context in which the game was made versus the cultural context that they internally created within the game that has been going on for generations, but only for these characters. Hmm. I don't know if I think like it's really clever and it's like kind of a, a sneaky way to, like I said, have their cake and eat it too. And where it's just like, yep, it's, it's this story of having to like overcome these things, etc. because that's just a, a good story of overcoming adversity and you have a special extra adversity because of some reason. And in this case, it is her being an outcast. But in so many things, it would just be like, can you believe it? She's a lady. And that's just kind of the end of it there. I I don't know. It has been, I don't know. I think it's one of the really interesting just puzzles to the game. Yeah, that's, it's so, it's so strange that I, I it's not something that I actively like realized until we started talking about it for this but yeah i mean despite everything it still reinforces that same struggle that you know a a woman needs to go through in order to you know prove herself i don't know i don't necessarily know how i feel about it i certainly i i liked the game and i thought a lot of what it did was really great when i played it so maybe i just go with my my first instinct and and say yeah they they gave us they gave us a a story that is familiar, but without all of the bullshit that normally surrounds it. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe this is the, a case of, yes, this is a, this is very specifically a, a, a female struggle that, you know, women have to go through, but we're recontextualizing it. So it's not as frustrating <laughs> as it normally is. And maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Who knows? I certainly can't speak for every woman in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. What else does what else have we learned about women of the apocalypse? Well, we could do the normal question, although I think in this case it's really obvious yeah. which of these worlds we would choose to live in. Pink girl. <laughs> New punk rocker. Actually let's since since it's kind of obvious, I think maybe we should we should, we should just rank them because Honestly, I would rather live in Mad Max world than Tank Girl world. Ooh. See, I, I feel like Tank Girl world is just our world with this, like, force of chaos hanging around. And also, for some reason, mutant kangaroos. Yeah, I mean, because it's so hard to say, like, what is... Like, because Tank Girl's not about a place, right? Tank Girl's about ideas. Yeah. Yeah. So is the world so of Tank like, Girl just, like... I feel like living in the world of Tank Girl means you have to be part of Tank Girl's, like, posse. Right. It's not just that you like live over in New York and tank girls wrecking shit in Australia and then for a little bit in London and then back in Australia or wherever she ends up. And you're just like reading about it in the newspaper or something. I like the idea that the only place that it got apocalypsized is Australia oh, yeah. in tank girls universe. Yeah, I feel like that's that's the thing that makes this really complicated for me, because does that mean that like I have few memories from one day to the next? <laughs> that just my life is a series of like borderline picaresque adventures of wacky r-rated hijinks yeah exactly through which like i don't know like basic constraints of form and narrative are played with and broken because fuck the rules like that i, I don't even know what it means to live in tank girl's world <laughs> which is i guess part of why i want to find out so tank girl top choice i mean realistically right it's horizon but like it I, I think so, okay. I would. we we scratch we scratch scratch wow we scratch we cake horizon yeah. <laughs> off the list no we scratch Aloy timeline horizon and we instead insert <laughs> Elizabeth Sobek timeline oh, horizon God. okay okay that's fair <laughs> okay well then that's at the bottom <laughs> I don't know is that worse than Mad Max Mad Max is a world you can survive in robot inevitable human extinction view. Via robot via murder robot. <laughs> is not you literally can't survive. The human race died. I, I'm certainly not skilled enough to have been chosen for Project Zero Dawn. Exactly. But in the case where I was, that would be sick as hell. Yeah, I mean again, I'm assuming I am an average person in the world of Horizon Apocalypse and Let's imagine therefore... we're heroes for once. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's, well let's then... just allow ourselves a little bit of uh a little indulgence this isn't this isn't as this isn't as cheap as when i think we did the uh 
the girls with gifts and we had to assume we were just living in the world where these yeah, super where... powered monsters <laughs> roamed yeah where someone was going around just lighting shit on fire right yeah i think it's i think it's okay for this this topic in particular to imagine ourselves the heroes of these stories okay then probably still horizon because fuck if i don't love everybody in zero dawn yeah. like plus if i'm not an alpha i'm a beta or a gamma which means i'm living in elysium for the rest of my days and i don't know sterilized is... what a dream <laughs> i mean kinda yeah i mean i guess that falls in line with with the assumption that you'd have to be part of tank girl's posse i guess that would be being the hero in that story more yeah. or less um, mm-hmm so the thing that's still hard about that for me is, I don't know, like Elysium does not sound great to me. Like, like No, it's just better than dying in the... But yeah, I... but comparing that, like that's my big thing that I'm curious about is so like Elysium versus Tank Girl, because I still feel like Mad Max is pretty low. Like being the hero in Mad Max is not much better than like guaranteed machine death. No. Like, I guess I'm just I, I was listing like being a beta or gamma and and living in Elysium as the like consolation prize version. Oh yeah. But like realistically, if we're imagining ourselves as the hero of the story, like we're one of the alphas for Zero Dawn, or we're one of Tank Girl's best friends, or we rule over a stretch of land and and control their water. I I mean I think that I think that it makes total sense though to say that like we're we're talking about being like a beta or a gamma in the horizon world because all of the other things when we're talking about the Sobek timeline are just and then you die. Yeah, I mean like, that's true of everything. Like at least as a at living out in Elysium, you get to like Okay, let's, let's happily modify live this out question. the rest of your days. Yeah. Let's modify this question. Which world which apocalypse would you like to go through? assuming that you can have the best version the, of that okay. storyline so, okay taking the best version of each of these what one <laughs> i think it's still what the best version of mad max even look like like i because that's been one of my consistent feelings about like the mad max storylines. no matter how nobody like, has it good like yeah no matter how fucking metal that world is living in a world that is fucking metal does not sound great to me so i feel like that, that sounds exhausting yeah that might still be my <laughs> God, bottom like, i'm like pre-tired just thinking about it yeah like that might still be the bottom for me see for me it's like the the reason i jumped to horizon so quickly is not because i like yeah i want to be an alpha and i want to work on zero dawn and i want to be murdered by ted farrow it's like i want to i want to know those alphas i want to know those people yeah just hang out with them yeah Except maybe Travis. Oh, God. You know, I wish we had gotten to see all of the different subsystems because the next question I want to ask is, which part of Horizon Zero Dawn would you have wanted to work on? This is more important than any astrology <laughs> quiz ever made. <laughs> Bear okay. that in mind. I, I, are, are, are we, no, are we, we can't just moving into that? We can't legitimately ask that yeah. question, though, because yeah. we didn't see all the things. But I yeah. thought we know what they all did anyway, or at least... doesn't matter. We want to know the alphas. We don't care what the systems actually do. Yeah. So it's not which system do you want to be in charge of, it's which system do you want to know the alpha of? Do you no, want, so do you you want, want to work, work under right? the alpha yeah. of? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I think I'd work on Apollo. Yeah, Apollo, 100%. Yeah. Like, of the selection that we got, Apollo, 100%. Because we only got, like, three or Yeah, that's the thing. What a... What a crime. I feel robbed. Honestly. I mean, I they're gonna explore it for sure, right? The <laughs> I, 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 fucking they better. <laughs> but yeah, I don't that's a hard question. I mean, partially because there's that big part that's like, what does that even mean in Tank Girl? And like I appreciate it's like, oh, so you're part of a posse. Does that mean that just like you wake up on a Thursday and it's just the first day of your life? Yeah. But like I just I don't want to fuck mutant kangaroos. Fair. I mean, that's that's like, totally that legitimate. To be, like one yeah. of the highlights of my existence. Like, that's why I would choose Mad Max over Tank Girl. It's like, I'd rather kick assholes. Asses. Like, okay, that was poorly phrased. <laughs> kick assholes. Asses. Whatever. I'd rather beat the shit out of assholes with Furiosa and, like, drive, like, anything. I don't know how to drive in real life, so realistically driving anything sounds great to me. <laughs> but then, like, just hang out and be drunk with a bunch of people who I don't. And also, like, because, like, Tank Girl is so written and drawn through, like, a male perspective i just considering her as like a woman in the apocalypse seems kind of irrelevant because she's not created by women and she just doesn't seem like a very relatable female character to me that's fair speaking of that uh piggybacking briefly off of the the writing particularly the drawing uh that was one thing that i i did want to kind of bring up as one thing that i do think is sort of a unifying theme through uh 
through the three things that we've picked. And that is that there is a certain just like sense of style to these three apocalypse um, that that we are dealing with. It at Tank Girl, it's central to the entire like piece of art, right? Like that the style of just the style of the drawing, the style of the writing, it like that in so many ways is the statement, right? And I feel like we we talked a lot about this when we talked about Fury Road and just like what a goddamn gorgeous movie that is and just kind of that like god the blues and the oranges and just like the dark grays and stuff in the in the middle that second act and just how important that just sense of style is to the piece overall. It was interesting because I feel like when you got to Horizon as much as we talked about like it is a gorgeous game and in those little details and in that's just kind of like that casually gorgeous vista that you're just like, ah, fuck that. I've seen 20 today, but it, it seemed like it, it really makes me wonder it as beautiful as horizon is and can be. I really wonder if that's the one that's going to hold up the least well. Cause I feel like a lot of that beauty is from just like, wow, like look at how good this looks and you see all the grass, etc. And the big thing for me that jumps out is like the big style thing to that are the machines. And that maybe that really will be its saving grace long term is just that machine animal design. Just how like cool and clever and thought through it is. Like you can see so many of the parts working together. It's like if anyone had given any amount of thought to the Michael Bay Transformers, where it's just like those are just pistons and metal and nothing makes sense. But this is like, no, like I can see all the hinges holding this together and like the bits that make the tail work. And I don't know, it. I feel like if nothing else, that's one of the big through lines that I've seen through these is just that like really hardcore sense of style as substance for, for almost like lack of a better way to put it that really you get so strongly off of these things. Not that that affects what one I would I would want to be in. But while we're talking about kind of like the, the, the side effect of the art, I, I wanted to make sure I remembered that. But yeah, as as like a unifier. And I guess arguably that's like the case in a lot of apocalyptic stuff, uh, but so many just kind of take the take that approach of just like it's dusty and like dirty and scrap metal blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah, it's it's a style, but it's 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 so done. You know, these all felt very much their own. I would say uh, Mad Max is arguably I don't know. It's still Mad Max or Horizon is the more beautiful apocalypse. I think Horizon, well, Horizon is, the is the more beautiful apocalypse. Mad Max is the more stylish, right? I don't know. I would still argue that Mad Max is beautiful. Maybe it's a differing way in the way we use the word, though. Yeah. But there's something majestic about just like a tall neck fucking walking in the distance. I wanted to do more tall neck grabs, but I was I was just trying to mainline that story so hard. Yeah. The tall necks were cool. Yeah. They did a really good job, I felt like, of like, it. five is the exact right number. Mm. Yeah, it's the like Assassin's Creed route of like 20. here's like twenty viewpoints. It's like I don't want to do this. Yeah, no, it five was five was just right. They they were smart about that. Just in general, that game has a lot of different collectibles, but not that many of any given one. Yeah, which has its ups and downs. It's still a fucking lot of collectibles, but but it's nice that you can just be like, I only give a shit about this set, and it's like fantastic. You only have eight, like that. That feels pretty nice. It's a good one. Do we have anything else that we want to touch on? Uh, not necessarily. I I would definitely say that this is simultaneously one of the the most and least unified topics that we've ever put together, which to me makes it very interesting. We've got Tank Girl that just had like landed in bounds and then just bounced way the fuck foul like super fast, and whereas the other two like feel I don't like they feel like appropriate to it, but it's I don't they don't really like talk to each other much. I it is it is simultaneously like. I don't think I've ever been this simultaneously, like, happy and disappointed with, like, the way a set of three things have, like, worked together in in the history of this podcast. Because yeah. we've had ones where it turned out, it was like, yep, these have nothing to say to one another. Yeah. They're all just things about a thing. But, I don't know. That's been driving me crazy ever since, like, getting through Tank Girl. And I was just like, well, fuck, who knows where this is going to go. <laughs> but, yeah. That was really weird. I don't know. How does everyone else feel about, like, the topic as a whole? I really enjoyed the three individual things, but I my big friction is like that they they all f- seem to fit pretty well, but also not at all. So I don't know about that, but I at least really liked getting to do each thing. I think by necessity, I also really liked the three different things we did. And I think by necessity, we had to sort of widen the scope of what the topic was. And I think kind of interestingly, you know, maybe tank roll a little more loosely, we ended up with kind of a slice from 
I, I don't know. It almost felt like a like a three different parts of an apocalypse is what we ended up with. Although, Agreed. like I said, Tankrel is either the pre or during thing, and I don't know how well that exactly fits. But I certainly did like the post-apocalyptic aspect of of Mad Max, and then the post-post-apocalyptic aspect of Horizon, and I like the way those worked together. It almost makes me wish that we had picked a read that a dealt with a different type of apocalypse than nuclear war and machine and machines destroy the world hmm. and b dealt with just before or during an apocalypse so that we had sort of three different things and three like slices of time yeah that would be really cool so when we do this topic again yeah exactly we <laughs> yeah, record one, the entire thing right one of us will have written a novel that uh, covers our basis I feel like I feel like there's gotta be a written thing that is like pre or during apocalypse and not about machines or nuclear war. Uh, this is the end. Classic uh, during apocalypse film. No women in the movie, I believe. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing. The hook that's is the gonna big... be the hook is the woman part of it. I feel like yeah, like we yeah. we spent a lot of time trying to track down a read that worked. That said, though, real talk. Everyone, go see this is the end. <laughs> it is pretty funny that's a f- that's a fun movie <laughs> michael sarah so good uh honestly it, it doesn't fit the uh the time frame that you're looking for but i really think that why the last man would have been interesting um hard to do just it much longer it would have been by all accounts an impractical choice but i think it would have been an interesting choice um yeah. doubly so because the protagonist is is a man but literally every other character except the monkey is is a woman which i think makes it i I think that would also make it sort of another interesting it would make it an interesting lens Mm. but it also makes me wonder if that would fit better in something where we were picking say seven pieces of media where i don't know why i picked seven but like a a larger number where that would be a good way to distinguish it from the other ones is that it's it's about a very gender-centric apocalypse but through the eyes of a guy, whereas everything else was largely through the eyes of women. A gendered apocalypse. It's fascinating. I now want to assign arbitrary genders to different types of apocalypses. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's kind of like my weird sort of like, the, I don't know, like the last thing I would say. It's like I, if anyone was like interested in this and like did want to pursue it a bit more, uh, I would say definitely check out Why the Last Man. I, it feels like it would be a really interesting part of this conversation if we had the time to really pulls more things together yeah i mean i was i was kind of saving this for to just talk about to you guys after we recorded but uh the book that i'm currently reading would have actually fit incredibly well um it's it is post-apocalyptic but it's non-nuclear war non-machine dinosaurs um it's so hard to find i know right yeah uh female uh point of view pretty pretty good it's called born b-o-r-n-e so uh if this oh, is oh is that jeff vandermeer yeah oh i mean to read because i loved uh annihilation it's and... i think you would really like this um and it, it's it's pretty good i'm i'm 80 percent through it um it's been really good and if this topic is interesting to you that's definitely a, a book that i would recommend I'm going to read it. All right. Well, now that we've given people, you know, homework, uh, <laughs> like that's usually where the class ends. Yeah. Um, make sure you have all of those written, uh, read rather by. Uh... Oh, no, we expect book reports. Oh, yeah. yeah by yeah. next episode. Yeah, yeah exactly. You can, you can just email them. Yeah. Uh, they will be 40% of, of your final grade. So, you know, make sure you get on that. But yeah, with that, though, I think we are going to wrap our Women of the Apocalypse topic, and we're going to be coming back next time with Witches. I'm so pumped. Starting with Howl's Moving Castle, which is going to be a lot of fun. I haven't read that since I was a kid. I've, I've never, never read, read it. it. Uh, yeah, that's going, to be, that's going to be a lot of fun. If you've only seen the movie, it's worth checking out the book. Um, I think that those are two things that are very interesting in conversation with one another. Um, but that's not a conversation we're going to be having, because we're not going to be watching the movie. We're going to be watching The Witch. Which is the thing that I'm really excited for. I say, yeah, by which, I mean, I'm going to be reading a Wikipedia summary of the... That's not true. I'm going to watch it. You can do it. Uh, and then we're going to be playing Banjo-Kazooie. 
with number one best witch in all of video games, uh, Gruntilda. But like also arguably true. There are witches in video games. Just not yeah, a thing. There's not a lot. We that was that was really <laughs> that was really our difficulty. And I know I know I, Bayonetta is a witch technically, but you know, eh. yeah, not a lot of video game witches. Or at least not a lot that we ended up being able to take seriously. It says a lot that Grunthilda was the one we could take the most seriously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, didn't it come down to, like, Grunthilda, the only one we could seriously not take seriously? Yeah, that, right? was, that was pretty much it. The other ones, you couldn't even, like, earnestly enjoy them as, like, a caricature. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we're going to be talking about witches. Uh, that's going to be our, our annual spooky, spooky series. It'll be lots of fun. Yeah, that's going to be a good time. Anyway, that's us for now. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Read, Watch, Play. If you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is tell your friends about the show. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to find us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RWP Podcast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash RWP Podcast. Check out our Tumblr at rwppodcast.tumblr.com. And look out for our game streams on Twitch at twitch.tv slash rewatchplay.